Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. Looking better today. You are. Still a little pale, but not looking frail. Don't you agree, Ernie? looks better today. Yes. Sounds better, too. Does he sound better, too? Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be good. So, good to have you more back today than you were yesterday. You feeling better? Efforting. Yes, I am. That's good. Aaron, you're here, too. Yeah. So, just, just here. Which is obvious, because we wouldn't be here if you were not. So, <clears throat> how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. Doing real good. I, I dropped something off for you before the show. Yeah. I know you're excited to try. It's a Christian-owned Patriot coffee company that stands for family and core values and building community. Uh, it's, uh, it's called First Cup Coffee Company. And I'm not a coffee guy at all. Love the smell of it, but I, I don't drink it, never have. And you know, I try to limit my caffeine over the last few years, too. Uh, but uh, Aaron is a coffee aficionado. So I'm mainline coffee. You do. Uh, it's a food group to you. So you'll be giving us a review, a review here of this product shortly. But there is a flavor for every freedom-loving American. Uh, they don't sell burnt coffee like Starbucks or the others. Freshly roasted beans delivered in ground or whole bean texture pods and bulk 11 roast profiles are also available, shipped within days of being roasted. So Ditch the grocery store coffee that could have been sitting on the shelves for up to two years. Is that really true? Can be sitting up there for that long? First cup uh, places the roast date on each bag. By the way, each bag is sold in one pound bags. Not eight ounces to 16 ounces either. All right. So check it out today. First Cup Coffee Company is where you want to go. First Cup Coffee Company. And Aaron will be giving you a review soon. All right, coming up on today's show, there is a lot happening. Um, A good friend of the program who has been to the brink and back the last few years, Drew Holden has beaten brain cancer, and he's kind of become one of the the peak receipt keepers uh, on the right. Is that a fair way of describing, Drew? Yeah, all for sure. And he put out a thread yesterday, or, or the other day, Uh, on receipts where Israel and Gaza is concerned. And we thought we should maybe have spent some time letting him discuss that and review that for the audience here uh, this morning. Particularly since uh, he's overcome his own health care that makes mine look like toe jam. So uh, Yes. Yes. And so he's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour for fake news or not. I've, I've been waiting to do this for the last few weeks. This might be the most fun piece of fake news we've ever covered on, on this show, like ever. And, and maybe I just think it's fun because it's about me. All right. Our friends over at Media Matters gave me way more credit than I deserve. <laughs> way, way more. All right. Gave me credit I have not earned. All right. Um, nevertheless, I am... I'm happy to accept their offer, and you know I will do so graciously, or not. We'll we'll tell you what we mean next hour. I'm, I I have been waiting for a few weeks. I've really been looking forward to going through all this uh, and discussing it with all of you. And uh, it, this one is 
when when my wife first told me because she has you know checks all the Google alerts on my name just to make sure there's nothing there libelous or slanderous you know to shut down and she told me about this a couple of weeks ago I'm like no way that's not really a thing that that's like a a parody no it's real all right so we will share this with you coming up uh, in the next hour of the program and then we'll get into pop culture Tuesday why does everything suck I mean like everything sucks back when I was in listener land on the other side of the the speaker uh, uh, you know just listening to the show as a listener pop culture Tuesday was like one of my favorite segments to listen to every single week now like, it's a strain gonna, to come up with something to do with it, man. About? It yeah. is. It's a strain to come up with a topic for this every day or every week. And so this week, I, I just want to address it at a, at a meta level. Why does everything suck? And I have a theory. It's something we've alluded to in the past, but I think it's, it's more true and it's more obvious now. And uh, we will discuss that coming up towards the end of the show. But before we get there, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by Breaking Free. If you go to Blaze Media's website, theblaze.com, right now, you'll see it's been completely redesigned. You'll see news articles, opinion analysis, and now lifestyle, sports, and tech commentary. But what you will not see are those obnoxious ads that are on virtually every other website. When publishers host ads on their website, Google and other major ad exchanges can send bots to crawl their pages and search for content they deem unsafe for advertisers. After finding something they don't like, like a Hunter Biden laptop story, COVID origin story, or something similar, they demand the ads be removed from the offending article or else the entire website will be demonetized. When people like The Blaze refuse, they'll bury unsafe content so deep in their algorithms they make it all but impossible to find. Here's why this is such a big deal. Kicking the ad exchanges to the curb will allow us to better serve you. You won't be distracted by those annoying ads, and we won't be distracted by wondering whether big tech will allow us to monetize the traffic we generate. We'll be relying on your direct support for that. Millions of people read the articles we publish every single day. If you find value in this work, we're asking you to visit theblaze.com right now to subscribe to Blaze News. It'll cost less than a cup of coffee per month to get more quality content than we've ever delivered before. And if you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, Blaze News subscription is going to be included with your Blaze TV subscription, and you can check your email for more information. Visit theblaze.com, explore the all-new ad-free experience, and see for yourself how we're prioritizing you, the reader, and standing up against the censorship regime. Go to theblaze.com right now. And now on with the rest of the montage. Donald Trump campaigned in New Hampshire yesterday, and that was something. You know, we do the rallies like once a month, there's a man... Victor Orban. Did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's probably like one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. He, uh, he's the leader of, right? He's the leader of Turkey Fronts on both Russia. You got to get out there and you got to watch those voters. You don't have to vote. Don't worry about voting. The voting, we got plenty of votes. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us, U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? I just picked that up. A couple of days I'm reading and it said us. And I said, you know, 
if you think about it, us equals U.S. Isn't that? Remember I said they pay? Well, there's no way they can actually pay for it legally because they can't say, here's a check for a wall that we own. By the way, Donald Trump filed for the GOP primary at the New Hampshire State House yesterday as well. Here's his 50-point primary lead visualized with this massive, massive crowd who came to greet him as he filed in person. Meanwhile, on Newsmax, Florida Governor and GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis is once again striking a strong, balanced position on the conflict in Israel. Is there a moment where the United States says, yes, we're, we're entering this theater on a more, you know, more kinetic level? You know, look, I, I think Israel, uh, they're capable of handling uh, Hezbollah as well. I mean, Hezbollah, you know, they, they do pack some firepower, but I think this is something that Israel, they got a massive military. They've called up all their reserves. Uh, I think they would be able to handle it. So we would support them in that if it needed to be. But I don't anticipate it would be something that would draw the United States in. I think that we have to be careful about getting enmeshed uh, in a war in the Middle East, partially because China is really going to take advantage of this situation and you just find yourself 33 trillion dollars in debt as it is a very weakened defense industrial base of course a president that's not leading on anything uh, and that is an invitation uh, for for Chinese aggression so so I do I do agree we got to be careful um, about how that plays out but I do think Israel is is capable of defending itself the way it needs to in this situation without needlessly provoking some type of wider war Florida is once again leading the way in the fight for medical sanity, here's Florida Surgeon General Joe Latipo. Based on the high rate of global immunity and data that exists, I recommend against the COVID-19 booster for people under 65 years old. Individuals aged 65 or older should speak with their doctor, including about the concerns highlighted in the published guidance. Former Trump attorney Jenna Ellis pleaded guilty today to a reduced charge over efforts to investigate voter fraud in Georgia in the aftermath of the 2020 election. Ellis is the fourth defendant in the case to enter a plea deal with prosecutors, was charged alongside the Republican former president and 17 others with violating the state's anti-racketeering law. At the White House, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says Muslims are the real victims. Look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threat. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats, uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. And finally, here's comedian Shane Gillis on Joe Biden. Anytime I watch Biden do anything, I get the same feeling as like, you ever go to a friend's house and they have like a 16-year-old dog and it walks in the room? Just look at him, he's looking great. My favorite thing about Biden is any anytime Biden finishes a speech, he transforms into a Roomba. Just... And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you're unhappy with your current glasses, especially if you use progressive lenses like I do, what does that mean? It means your glasses are left wing? No. In fact, Better Spectacles is a conservative pro-America company. No, it, it means that your, uh, your lenses are a little far and a little near. That's the correction in your sight, a little bit of both that needs to be made, and you're not quite to the level of bifocals yet. So if that's you, 
or if you're just unhappy with your glasses, period. You want to make the switch now to our friends over at Better Spectacles because they also offer rodent stock eyewear. That's a well over century old company and the world's gold standard uh, when it comes to outstanding frames exclusively available for the first time here in the U.S. And if you want to know what those look like, those are the glasses that I wear every single day. You know, a lot of times if you need progressive lenses or bifocals, you're going Harry Carey with the Coke bottle dorky lenses and frames, but you don't have to do that anymore with Better Spectacles. It starts by going to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule a teleoptical appointment there. You don't have to even leave your own home and if you decide to go with them they're offering an introductory 61 percent off their progressive eyewear plus the rodenstock frames that are handcrafted are thrown in for free you can't beat that great eyeglasses change lives so do that now at betterspectacles.com slash steve that's betterspectacles.com slash steve in the overtime today we're going to be discussing uh a new friend of the show, Jenna Ellis, uh, and the plea deal that uh, she entered into in Fulton County, Georgia, this morning. And uh, I believe this is the third plea deal now, in this case, that has been entered into, and I am told there are more to come. And we will discuss what that means, and uh, we will do so in today's overtime at blazetv.com slash dace. That is blazetv.com slash dace. And as Aaron mentioned, with the big launch today, which we're going to talk more about here in a moment, um, seven bucks a month is the offer right now to become a subscriber to both the Blaze and Blaze TV. You can't beat it. Seven bucks a month to get the whole thing. And if you're already if you're already a Blaze TV uh, subscriber, you've already got uh, the Blaze uh, and Blaze News. And the new project we're launching today, you've got that already as part of your package. So we are all very excited about this. And I want, but um, a little nervous. And I want to explain to you why that is and, and why this is a big deal to you whether you ever choose to subscribe or not. Uh, because we've been talking about big tech censorship uh, and, and previewing this major step that we've made here today at Blaze Media. And you have to understand the way functionally what we do works. There are two methods of monetization. Well, three. Um, we sell ads, live reads, and all major podcasts on the right have live reads, including ours. So that's one way. And these aren't ranked in the order of um of, of profitability just in the order that I thought of them, frankly. All right. So that's one way of monetization. The, the second is with subscriptions and the third and the most lucrative overall is ad inserts from companies, big tech companies like Google or prominent placement from big tech companies like Facebook, prominent placement and distribution. So when we place these ads on our sites, Google and the other major ad exchanges out there, they can send bots to crawl our pages for content that they deem to be unsafe for advertisers. Maybe some of you on Twitter have seen there's this, uh, there's this one human bot that has made it her mission to try to demonetize Dan Bongino. Have you guys seen some of yeah. these exchanges? Okay. And, and everything she is doing is to try to take every advertiser away from Dan Bongino. So this is an example of what we're talking about. And we all face this constantly. 
All right. And and then they'll say, so for example, if, if you're leading the way on the Hunter Biden laptop story, if you're leading the way on the origin of the virus, if you're leading the way on the fact the vaccine is not safe, the COVID vaccine is not safe and effective, if you're leading the way that masks don't work, if you're leading the way that um, men cannot have a period and a uterus, um, like, you know, all things that have been proven true or we already knew, um, what can happen is these bots or these humans that basically behave as such uh they demand that the ads be removed from the offending site and we can refuse and many times we have as a company i i've told you guys before the the day after the the morning after the 2020 election when i followed through on calling out the chicanery that i was seeing on election night the entire blaze tv facebook page got demonetized not my show not Glenn's show, which is the show I was on, the whole company got demonetized on Facebook. And this is the game that we all are asked to play. You may notice that there are some prominent conservative media companies that go to the mattresses on some issues and then are very silent on others. Is it that they're not aware of those issues? No, it's that speaking to those issues will rob them of their placement therefore profitability on Facebook or rob them of the ad space from Google. That's why they don't go there because you can refuse. And we've done this as a company many times, but here's what happens. They bury fine. Then they'll just bury you and you don't show up in search algorithms on Google, the number one website in the world on YouTube, the number two search engine in the world. Aaron, what happened to us last week on YouTube? Uh, somebody decided that we did a hate speech because we said that uh, mentally ill people should not have adv- uh, um, access to advanced weaponry. That's what we said. In what era would this be controversial, let alone even need to be said before this one? I got nothing. No such era. But that's hate speech now. And so we got a strike on YouTube and we just said, screw it, we're just not even going to post there anymore. So we're posting the show instead of for instead of you get the the show later for free. I mean, Blaze TV subscribers get it on time as part of your subscription. Instead of getting to watch it later, uh, ex post facto uh, for free on YouTube now. Now we're posting it every day on Twitter because YouTube, the second largest search engine, they they gave us a strike for saying that people that are mentally ill shouldn't have access to high tech weaponry. That was called hate speech. We have been dealing with this every day for years. For the last couple of years, we had to take Daniel Horowitz's columns on COVID and publish them at Conservative Review instead of The Blaze because of things like this. So here's the bottom line. We are, we are done as a company playing this game. But you guys need to understand how big of a risk this is that we are taking. Ad placement and placements of prominence from big tech companies like Facebook and Google, which is also YouTube, have been the mother's milk of conservative media since the dawn of the online era. The main revenue stream. Today as a company, we are detangling from that tangled web. We're rejecting it. We're going to go out on our own 
and deal with you one-on-one, peer-to-peer. And we're going to do so because it will allow us to better serve you. Yeah, you won't, first of all, just very practically, you won't be distracted by annoying ads. And we won't be distracted by wondering whether big tech will allow us to monetize the millions upon millions of traffic that we generate every month on the blaze. However, we can generate all the traffic we want. We can't really monetize it, though, without, at least not sufficiently, without these ads from companies like Google. Or without getting prominent enough placement in feeds from companies like Facebook. Facebook remains the number one aggregator of content for conservatives. Now, I I have no idea how it's a long-term sustainable model of allowing the very entities who hate us to determine whether we can make a living doing this for a living. I mean, that just is nonsensical. But we've all, all of us, all of us have had to live in this world and it's only gotten worse since 2016. The Blaze is taking a landmark path here, blazing a new trail, pardon the pun. And this is a major gamble. And the gamble is that there's enough of a market of truth out there and enough of you want it and will reward it that a company that's got about 100 full-time employees can still sustain itself. That's a lot of families. That's a lot of health benefits. That's a, that we can still sustain ourselves as a company at the level that we are based on your direct support. And in exchange for that, we're going to give you the best truth we can, as we always have, but now we're going to go next level real investigative journalism we're going to get into the news business i mean we just discussed this yesterday on the show i get asked all the time where do i go for news we're getting into the news business the reason to not do this before is as much as you were punished from for publishing commentary by people like me or daniel horowitz questioning the covid narrative you'd be punished all the more for claiming that you are reporting news But that's what we're going to do. We are going into the news business, not just commentary, news. Raw sources of information for you. Unfiltered by Google, Mark Zuckerberg, would-be censors, etc. So we're investing heavily in more quality content, including investigative reporting. And we're cutting out the middleman here. We're going directly to you. And the rest of this industry is going to watch and see how this is going to go. As an industry, we've all known this day was coming. The, 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 the temptation of human nature, and this is a little bit of what I'll get into in the overtime today when we discuss Jen Ellis's plea bargain. The temptation of human nature is to not move affirmatively, but to wait until you're cornered i thought it was fascinating i saw glenn refer to this as our alamo moment as an industry and a movement today and i go back to 
one of the lessons Dave taught me as a child. Why was there so much bravery at the Alamo? Well, there wasn't a back door. So there was no other path but to stand and to fight. As, as a species, as sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, we will, what's it say in our declaration? We will endure such evils while evils. Or sufferings while they are sufferable. That's right. Yeah. Sufferings while they are sufferable. I wanted to make sure I got that wording right. That, that is how human nature rolls. And so right now the money is still good, even though we all know the clock is ticking. We can hear and, and, and the ticks are getting faster. We can hear we're getting to when the, when, um, when the bomb is going to go off, but the risk of detaching from it, Is it, it's a heavy financial risk, and we're taking that as a company here. And we're doing so so we can get out ahead of the blast radius. Because this is only going to get worse with the election next year. I, I won't tell you who, but I was speaking off the record to a group of people yesterday on a call. They asked me to come on. Who are, are heavily involved in cultural and political causes. And, and one of the things that I said to them was, I would not be investing heavily in any kind of social media outreach plan for a general election next year until well into next year. I mean, what, what, what's to stop Facebook, Google, and everybody else just to say, we're, we're, well, we're just not going to let you guys use our platforms to get your messages out in the election next year at all. Okay, you can sue us in federal court. Maybe we'll lose. But it ain't going to be before the 2024 election. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's really the only next step to take at this point, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, we, that's not that. And if it's not the next step, it's not like four or five steps down the road. It's, it's pretty close. It's in the next few steps. And this stuff is accelerating fast. So at the blaze here today, we are attempting to do something that human nature doesn't usually try. To get out ahead of something that it knows it's coming while it is still sufferable to endure a little bit of suffering under the old model, the old paradigm. We're going to try to create a new paradigm here and nominate ourselves for the test subject. And we'll see. We'll see if it works. But we have confidence in you as an audience and in the work that we will now be able to do for you in giving you a full-fledged news channel, not just a commentary channel, but a full-fledged news channel and outlet. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I, it's, yeah, it's financially a risk, but it's, for people of integrity, I think it, it's the only decision that can possibly be made. Looking back and connecting the dots, it was always going to end up here. That their relationship yes. with conservative media in general. Whether and it, forced on us or was, we did it ourselves. Yeah, this yes. was always going to end up here in some way, shape, or form. And now we've known that uh, there's basically been a gun to our head uh, for for years now, uh, that we've been compromised. Uh, the, 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 the willingness to be forward and, and go plant your flag and say here and no further, I, I think it, it's, it's liberating, liberating in ways that even the blaze doesn't fully understand yet. And I mean all the way up to Glenn Beck. You're... T- to be truly free is to now realize a whole new set of possibilities. Amen.
aesthetically as well, the the website is really really. Yeah, don't let me bury nice. the lead there. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah the the uh, the website is very very nice, and hopefully the brass at the blaze listening d- doesn't get on me for this, and I mean this absolutely as a compliment. It was on Friday night, I think it was. Bella and I were hanging out downstairs, and I didn't even have the new website on my mind. I didn't even have it on my mind, and I was reading an article at the Blaze, and there were all of these advertisements like we used to have because, you know, we're we're trying to uh, trying to do the the you know monetize the content, and I just I exclaimed, I'm like, oh man, these stupid ads just keep popping up here. None of that now. That's all gone. That's all gone. So the experience itself is going to be a lot less cumbersome. And when you're talking about less than a cup cup of coffee a month for access to all of this, and if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, I've seen some questions already. Do you have access to this? Uh, Yeah, check your your email um, along those lines. But at the end of the day, we talk all the time about creating not just alternative not alternative uh, economies, alternative uh, ecosystems, just completely different ones. This is an example of that. We have to decouple ourselves from the forces, the fascistic forces that would like none other than to frog in a boiling uh, pot. They would like to do that to us on every single front, including how you get your information, where you get your information, and most importantly, what information you consume. Mm -hmm. They just want to keep squeezing us, squeezing us, squeezing us until you realize, oh crap, we didn't build any alternative. We didn't build any completely different ecosystem. This is an, an attempt to get out of that vortex. Very well said there, Aaron. Amen. All right, we'll come back. We'll be joined by Drew Holden. He's got receipts because that's how he rolls. Next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every transaction you make. Could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part of all your money if you make purchases they don't like. In essence, this enables the government to take more control over your finances. This is one of the reasons why, not just inflation, government debasement schemes, those are other big reasons why, but this is another reason why you want to diversify your assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, for example, you should call Birch Gold too, but learn first for yourself. Just text Steve to 989-898, text Steve to 989-898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. Uh, If you've got an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer and it's just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Just text Steve to 989-898 and claim your free info kit on gold at 989-898. Let's welcome in Drew Holden, uh, writing about the media at The Free Beacon. First and foremost, brother, it's it's been a minute, and uh, let's. It has. It, it, it's good to have you back. How are you feeling? Where's your health at, my friend? 
I, I'm feeling really good, Steve. I appreciate you asking. So for folks who may not be aware, um, I was actually diagnosed with a brain tumor um, about almost a year ago now. And so I've been on the mend. I went through chemotherapy and then radiation, and I'm in remission, thank God. Hmm. Um, so the, the treatment was effective. I had great doctors. I had a great support network of family, friends. Work was super supportive throughout the free beak. And, and so I'm, I'm doing a lot better. Uh, as you can see, the, the hair is slowly coming back. It's not all there. They, they assure me that it will be eventually. So uh, I'm going to take their word at that because they've, uh, they, they've done good by me so far. So I appreciate the prayers. I appreciate the well wishes, but I'm, I'm doing really well. That's great to hear. Uh, physically, energy level, those sorts of things. How are those things coming back to where they were uh, pre-tumor? Yeah, they're they're coming back, Steve. I mean, the the energy level is definitely down. You know, I've I've talked to a number of other people who were diagnosed with cancers and went through chemotherapy in their 30s, and they're like, "Look, it's a long haul. It's it takes some time to get back. You know, it's a year or two years sometimes before you get back to that energy level." So I'm definitely feeling that. But uh, you know, I'm I'm back in the gym. I've got Run Club again tonight. I've been doing Run Club for the last month or so. I run slowly. I don't run very far either, but. I'm able to do those sorts of things and kind of get back to the workings of everyday life. And slowly but surely, the threads are coming back, too. Now, good to hear. Good to hear. Well, uh, we used to have you on our show and others did, too, because prior to your illness, because you essentially became Twitter political Twitter's keeper of receipts. <laughs> all right. And it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. And I yeah. saw that you emerged over the weekend with a, uh, a thread keeping and, uh, and, and displaying receipts on Israel and Gaza. Um, first and foremost, what made you decide to go down this road? Yeah, you know, Steve, I was I was actually I was out walking the dog and I got a push button update about Israel allegedly having struck a hospital. And I thought to myself, huh, that that doesn't seem right. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, I've been I've been writing about the media for a long time. I've been reading a lot of media for a really long time. And so I think some of it's just a sniff test. And this, you know, I got this push button update and it, it didn't pass the sniff test for me. And so slowly but surely, I started gathering all of these tweets and all of these press reports. And, you know, by, I think by the time I got back from the walk, there were probably 15 different outlets who had parroted this same report saying mm -hmm. Israel had struck a hospital in Gaza and the authority that they were relying on, the, the outlets to, to say this, was the Palestinian Ministry of Health, which is controlled by Hamas, the terrorist group who run Gaza. And so I, I said to myself, I was like, wow, something tells me, one, this story isn't true. And two, unfortunately, it looked like the entire media en masse jumped to report this probably fraudulent information. And then it turns out when you looked into it, that is exactly what happened. That's that's right. Yeah. And so pretty quickly. Right. Israel comes out with uh, pretty convincing evidence that it wasn't them. Biden is in Israel a day or two later and he says, yeah, we we also have the same information confirming this. There were there was video evidence uh, pretty quickly that had, had you know floated across social media where people were saying, hey, this this rocket actually comes from inside of Gaza. Right. It's going towards Israel. And then it appears to kind of blow up in the air near the hospital. Uh, and so you saw in real time, you know, you saw these headlines start to change very quickly. The New York Times went from Israeli airstrike hits hospital to explosion at hospital to rocket fired from Gaza hits hospital. You lead off your thread with Reuters and AP 
pointing out the reach that they have for for people mm-hmm. watching or listening right now that don't work in this business or understand what you mean by that explain and and then the prominent place within that terminology that each of those outlets hold yeah i, I appreciate that question steve that's a really good one so uh reuters and ap are what's known as crawlers so they produce information press releases they're, they're kind of first on the scene and a ton of other outlets from washington post all the way down to you know your your local kind of channel four channel five news picks up those associated press reports and runs with them they have agreements with the associated press to be able to do this and so when ap and reuters is the same way when either of those outlets goes and repeats or runs with a story, it isn't just their audience who's seeing it. It's audiences across the country and around the world who are relying on these outlets to be the first people to break this important breaking news. And you saw both of these outlets run with the Hamas talking points, saying that an Israeli airstrike had hit a hospital. And instantly that information, which was wrong, went all the way across the world. Let me push back on this a little bit, Drew, because I've been reliably informed that a cabal of five shadowy Jews uh, control the media and therefore and and, and I've been reliably informed on this from people right and left, (laughs) by the way, uh, and and, and they're who feed us these narratives uh, and we're all falling for them. uh, And we're all being played here uh, by such stories. You seem to be contradicting that with what you're telling I, I us. Think it's, I think it's fair to say that my uh, my reporting and my history reading the paper pretty uh, pretty definitively contradicts those claims. You're right, though. I mean, it's 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 one of the oldest anti-Semitic tropes in media that somehow it is this shady cabal of Jews, sometimes shady cabal of Israelis who are controlling the narrative. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, well, maybe not unfortunately, but the reality is that there are a small handful of outlets who very definitively control the media narrative, I think. And within those, um, you know, the New York Times, Reuters and AP, given their reach, the the bent, the slant of their coverage is almost without fail opposed to Israel. And the way this works with your the, the way that this works with with your local outlet is you get into a situation where a lot of stuff is done with interns, automation, stringers. Mm-hmm. You don't have massive staffs anymore. And so your local outlet just got this feed from Reuters or AP, and that's the headline that is, you know, you're not getting their paper anymore, but that's the headline that's on the front right. page of their website. When you go there, it's it's just a rip and read. There's nobody there to check it. There's nobody there to verify it because these things are all running on shoestring budgets these days. And, and the bias there at the source at a place like like a Reuters or an AP that just by, you know, organically without even in a malicious mm-hmm. intent, just because of a business model feeds down into the rest of uh, the ecosystem of news that you're consuming. Exactly. That's that's exactly how it works, unfortunately, because you do have, you know, the, there are a lot of outlets who trust Reuters and trust AP. There are a lot of readers, a lot of editors who say, well, if it's coming from AP or from Reuters, surely they've fact checked it. Surely these headlines make sense. And the the rip and read component of it is really important, too, because what a lot of places will do is they'll just take those headlines and then maybe a couple paragraphs of text. But what they're really going to Reuters for is the breaking headline story. Mm-hmm. That you're right. Then an intern throws up on their website. Maybe they change some of the vernacular or, or what have you. But 
That's how these stories are read by millions and millions of people around the world. And if you're not looking into it, right, if you're not trying to kind of pop open the hood and look inside to see what these details are, you're not going to see it. You're not going to see the flow of this, uh, you know, the media's favorite word, this misinformation, if all you're doing is reading the mainstream outlets and even your local paper. Another example in your thread, uh, the Washington Post quoting, quote, video of what Palestinian authorities say, quote, Mm -hmm. uh, MSNBC, quote, the Palestinian health ministry says, quote, and no comment or check on the other side for any verification, no counterclaim, just literally acting as a stenographer for, well, Palestinian authority is a euphemism for Hamas. So essentially just acting as stenographers for a terrorist organization and doing so unskeptically. That's that's right. And without even providing the context for who they are being stenographers for, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of outlets in the initial coverage use this kind of fluffy terminology to describe Hamas. Palestinian authorities, as you mentioned, quoting the health ministry, health officials, right? You see this sort of framing as if this is just any other local organization that's reporting facts rather than an embedded terrorist organization who has fought a multi-decade effort to mislead not not just the press, but the world about Israel. And they're taking these people at their word without telling you in many cases, and certainly not spelling out for readers, that that's where this information is coming from. How about this one from Politico? Here's the headline. Hundreds killed in Israeli airstrike on hospital, Hamas-run health ministry says. All right. Here's the subhead. First two words. If confirmed. Yeah. All right. So right away running a story that it admits up front it does not even know if it is substantively true. And right. that and made it through how many editors? I, I used to write for Politico, so I know they've got more than one yep. editor there. Okay. So that yep. made it that made it through how many editors who said, wait a minute, we're running a story that we can't confirm. Um whatever happened to two sources for every story, Bill Bradley. We're yep. running we're gonna admit we can't confirm what we're gonna put on our front page here. Exactly. And and Steve, I think one of the things that really kills me about this is it's not just running a neutral headline. You're assigning blame with the headline. The first word that pe- the first words people are reading is Israeli airstrike. Right. You're not even saying there was an explosion at this hospital, which would have been better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, like to me, the, the, the fact that they are assigning blame specifically to Israel, quoting Hamas is unthinkable before you have absolutely 100% confirm the story because you have everyday readers who are looking and saying, oh, well, well, that must be what happened. Final thing, Drew, is isn't the subtle, maybe not so subtle or tacit admission here is Mm -hmm. that these sorts of things keep happening because this is an industry, corporate media, that is urgent and anxious, if not desperate, to affirm and confirm a particular narrative. And so, therefore, if you feed that narrative, you receive prominence, placement, publicity. And then if they have to walk it back later on, so few people follow any of that, that the, mm-hmm. the, the narrative that they're out there to affirm and confirm was advanced nevertheless, whether it's true or not. That's I think that's exactly right, unfortunately, you know, and now when you see any of these corrections that are coming out, so many of them quickly pivot. I saw New York Times did it in a subhead to say, 
well, Israel has killed 5,000 people in Gaza so far with their airstrikes. It's almost like saying, well, you know, our broader point was right that Israel are the bad guys. Mm -hmm. We have to tell a couple of lies to get us there, but surely you reader will understand our point here. And when they're quoting these other facts and figures, they're going right back to the well. They're quoting Hamas again for the number of deaths and, the, and assigning blame based on what Hamas is telling them. And I think, you know, Steve, you make a really good point. The, the reason why the reporting about issues like this is so important, this early reporting, is that that's what people follow. Nobody reads the corrections, right? right? Nobody, nobody is seeing the follow-up tweet saying, hey, oh no, we got it wrong, right? The headlines are what make the news. The headlines are what shape the narrative. And unfortunately, I don't think that's lost on the corporate press. Great stuff, Drew. Thank you for joining us. Good to have you back, brother. Take care. Pleasure's mine, Steve. Thank yeah, you. You got to take care. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation with Drew Holden? Well, I just remember being back at the uh, Des Moines Register. The, the parsing when a correction was needed over a, a relatively minor matter on a story that ran inside the fold, but it's something that was taken seriously. Now, with uh, things that uh, cl clicks the way they are, it, uh, what you said at the end is is they they have come to this point where they, they they just don't care if a correction needs to be made ultimately or not. They in they're in there for the initial reaction, even on the news front mm -hmm. side. So the people that seek to manipulate that environment, uh, Hamas, why? Why wouldn't they? Lies, there's no punishment. Again, there's no consequences ever, ever, ever for anything. They will, Hamas will keep doing what it does just from a spin doctor, forget the terror, the spin doctor perspective. They will always continue to bear the fruit and Israel will always be the loser in an environment that is always giving the benefit of the, the, the doubt to the lie. By the way, you know what the most censured nation in the history of the United Nations is? It's got to be Israel. It's Israel, well over 100. Well over 100 votes or attempts to censure the country. No other nation, I think, is has even broken 50. Not the old Soviet Union, not China, not Iran. What does that tell you? Aaron? Did we plan today to have drew on after the announcement of the website no but it's an just, excellent follow-through yeah, it isn't it excellent yeah. follow-through i just uh, another example of this uh, todd that's always stood out in my mind what's the story uh what what happened to the story of kermit gosnell in the in the des moines register oh, new, oh. newsroom what did they call that was that a provincial or parochial story yeah that's when i finally went to our uh what was that guy's name uh a, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Nobody oh, would know who he is. I would love to. Um, but yeah, I went to him finally because we weren't just covering the story at the register. We, it, it was never in there. And this is the guy who was the wire editor. And I got in the spat back and forth with him. And he, he told me, well, that's a local, uh, local news story. I said, that's utter nonsense. And if this applied to a story that you cared about, and I know I can go through our newspaper right now that these are local news stories that you've turned into national news stories because they fit your narrative. And he came back at me, oh, I don't like what you're implicating. I said, I'm not implicating it. I'm telling you, and I'll show you if you need me to. That's what you're talking about, Aaron. The nefariousness of, of, of the mainstream media, of, of the media in general, 
comes from just as much as what they don't cover as what they do. And then when they do cover the things, it's usually, you know, sympathizing with terrorists. You may think you hate the media, but you do not hate yep. the media as much as you need to hate the media. I'm butchering that phrase from Oran McIntyre, but that's kind of the, the moral of the story here. There's nothing redeemable. Did we just have Aaron McIntyre quoting Oran McIntyre? I've done it before. And is America now confused? All right, when we come back, as if this wasn't enough fake news for you, we have the official segment known as Fake News or Not, and it's maybe the fake news or not I've been the most looking forward to. Because it's about me, and I love me some me. Stay tuned. All right, back here with our number two here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Totters and he is Aaron McIntyre. You are you and you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com and it's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram and TikTok. And... If you are a podcast listener, we appreciate you so much. You're a big part of our audience. If you haven't done this yet, please uh, leave us a five-star review if you like us, of course. And thank you to all of you that have done that. Our goal is to get to 10,000 of those, and we're close. At least on iTunes, we're close. I guess if you counted up all the five-star reviews on all of the podcast platforms, we'd be well over that. So I'm just talking about iTunes specifically because they're about uh, two-thirds of the market for podcasting. Uh, Speaking of which, if you're on iTunes, hit follow so that you can make sure Every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every time. Hit maybe subscribe if you're on any of the other podcasting platforms out there. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us as well. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Of course, they stepped up uh, a couple of years ago, came on board. Uh, They saw what went on uh, during a so-called medical emergency when venerable medications were suddenly determined to be dangerous despite being award-winning and given to hundreds of thousands to tens of millions of people over the course of many, many years. And they were like, yeah, who knows? Let's make sure, you know, the next batch of uh, venerable drugs that people need aren't declared dangerous. And that was the Jace case. Well, now, now they've stepped up this year and they want to help you back up your existing medication as well, because you never know when your existing medication uh, may be deemed uh, dangerous. Or, even more practically, we've got critical shortages of essential drugs in the United States right now, which is causing delays in treatments. Um, It's causing unfortunate rationing of some vital medications. So back up your existing meds for up to a year with our friends over at Jace Medical. J-A-S-E is where you want to go. JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E for JaceMedical.com. And use the code discount uh, or the code DACE for the discount at checkout on your order. Code DACE at checkout for the discount at JaceMedical.com. All right, coming up. At the bottom of this hour, what the hell has happened to American popular culture? And, and why does it mostly and comprehensively suck? I've got a theory. It, it's something we've talked about in the past, but I'm going to delve more into it at the bottom of this hour. So stay tuned for that. 
But I want to begin this hour with fake news or not. Now, you might think the conversation we just had with uh, Drew Holden would qualify for a fake news or not, right? Every segment we do could qualify. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why we're starting Blaze News. There's got to be somebody out here willing to tell the truth about it. Something. All right. Um, Our friends over at Media Matters. Now, we could do fake news or not about them every week, but that's kind of the low-lying fruit thing, right? You know, there's no challenge in that. I mean, why? There's no glory in beating up, uh, you know, a one-legged man at an ass-kicking contest. Okay. So why are we going to do it here? Oh, you've misunderstood, ladies and gentlemen. We come not to bury media matters, but to praise them. They have done an exhaustive story on yours truly. The story was dated back on October 6th. We just haven't had time to get to it. So we're going to get to it today, a couple weeks later. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved it, man. (laughs) Uh, To quote the great prophet Terrell Owens, I love me some me. All right. Here is the headline. And the fact you got a pretty good picture of me too. You know, wearing the, uh, wearing the block M. Okay. I noticed they covered me in green though. I don't know if that was a troll. I think that was a troll to cover me in green while I'm wearing the, the block. Glorious block, Maze M. No. Think that was intentional? No. No. Okay. Here's the headline. Oklahoma's top education official has a cozy relationship with Blaze TV host Steve Dace, who likens public schools to Satan's youth ministry. Love it. I do too. No lies detected. I mean, I have been calling the government school system Satan's youth ministry pretty much since the dawn of this show on June of 2006. I, I can't remember a time that I didn't call it that, actually. <clears throat> in fact, the very first ever, a little trivia for you in case you were wondering, the, the very first ever news talk show I ever did, um, I had switched uh, to what was then Clear Channel, it's iHeart now, and I was getting ready to anchor their sports station here in town, but they told me, that their plan all along would be in a few years to switch me to their big 50,000 watt blowtorch and take over afternoon drive on W eight an award-winning WHO because it'd been a kind of a, a ratings and revenue black hole for the station for many years. They just didn't think I was ready yet. All right. And, and they think the audience was ready for me yet either. This is a bit of an older audience. I'm coming in hot. All right. This is 2002. Okay. So this is over 20 years ago. You know, so now you, you, it's hard enough dealing with 50 year old Steve Days. Have you tried 30 year old Steve Days? <laughs> I was there. Yeah. 30 yeah. year old Steve Days, 50 year old Steve Days listens to 30 year old Steve Days and like, how did I stay employed in this business? All right. Nevertheless, we persisted and they wanted to introduce me to the WHO audience piecemeal. And so before I, st- the, the, uh, the, the morning guy in WHO who passed away earlier this year, the legend, Jan Michelson, he was taking a week of vacation and they did something that they'd never done in the history of the company. They let one person fill in for Michelson the entire week. And that was me. That was the first thing I ever did for them. And then I was going to start my sports show the next week when Jan came back. All right. So I think they kind of wanted to just see how the audience would react to me. And the very first show I did 
the church we were going to at the time was meeting in a public school out here in West Des Moines. And, and, and my wife had encountered a suggested reading list for students at this West Des Moines school. And I mean, this was just the most left-wing pagan rot gut you could possibly imagine. Put it this way. One of the books on the list was called The Tao of Steve. If that gives you any, and that might've been one of the more milder selections. And I, so, I mean, I, I did an entire show on government schools and how we were going to educate. Anna was only about a year and a half old at that time, you know, and Amy and I were talking about how we're going to, can we put her in government schools? That was the very first news show I ever did was going after the schools. Very first one. Okay. So they got this part, right? That's fair, right? I'm absolutely help. I'm absolutely open that I think government schools are Satan's youth ministry. I love how we did a like a cozy little trip down memory lane, put a smile on your face. So like, oh, this brings call, bringing up Satan's youth ministry brings such warm cockles to my. I heart. know. Ah, oh, tales of yesteryear. <laughs> Saturday evening yeah. post yes. covers. Breaking my maiden in this business. By calling the school's government the Satan's youth ministry. That was a simpler time, Todd. It was. Yes. As the judge once sang, Grandpa, tell us about the good old days. Yes. Now, back then when I called it Satan's youth ministry, half of the audience recoiled. Now when I call it Satan's youth ministry, the entire audience just like, peace out. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so obvious now, Okay. Let's go through this, though, as much as we can, because this thing is not short. I mean, they, and I, I am flattered. I, I, can you see this? You can if you're listening on the podcast. Oh, I know. Can you see no, the smile flattered. on my face? I he's mean, flattered. At, at 50, man, you know, you take this level of flattery where you can get it at this point in time, you know? And there's, you know, I'm not single anymore. Uh, so, you know, my wife does her very best. <laughs> To, to, to keep it real and keep flirting and those sorts of things. But, you know, you're 50. So you'll take this level of flattery where you can get it, even if it is from Media Matters. Especially, now, really quick, Steve, I, can you give the audience, because like the, the reach of Media Matters, because... I have no idea. Our people yeah. clearly I, are I, reading this. But no, but the point is, yeah. they want their people yes. to know about this. Yes. Which you makes you love it all the more yes. like you want to be known by their people yes. you yes. want yeah this is incredible branding <laughs> yes absolutely i can't thank this enough oklahoma state superintendent of public instruction ryan walters seemingly has <clears throat> an on and off air relationship with blaze tv Ooh. host steve dace their pumpkin spice involved <laughs> <laughs> who has a history of making extreme comments attacking public education and lgbtqfu people I added the FU, by the way. <laughs> Walters, who was elected to his current position in November of 2022, has repeatedly appeared on Dace's Blaze TV program and described himself as, quote, a big fan of the show. This is, by the end of this, it's going to read like a Ryan Walters for governor of Oklahoma commercial. All right. In one appearance, Walters even thanked Dace for responding to late night calls and texts that I've given you throughout the last couple of years. This makes it sound like we're almost dating. I like it. As superintendent, Walters has pushed right-wing content in Oklahoma schools, including partnering with conservative propaganda organization PragerU on content for public instruction. 
Walters has also used right-wing media outlets such as Fox News to direct vitriol at public school teachers, as well as using social media to amplify attacks from an anti-LGBTQFU influencer that were followed by bomb threats against Tulsa schools. Dace has reported has repeatedly likened government education to Satan's youth ministry while promoting Freedom Project Academy, an online school associated with the John Birch Society. This is phenomenal. This is. During an ad read for Freedom Project Academy. I mean, how much. I got to stop for a second. Before I continue on, I just need the fine folks at Media Matters to know. I'm flattered. R- truly. I mean, I really am. But I'm happily married at this time. I do appreciate the interest. I do. I'm flattered. But I'm happily married at the moment. At the moment. Can you imagine the level of obsession to quote live reads? <clears throat> live reads. I don't have to imagine. Not to mention, has FPA been on the show this year? I don't think they've been on the show this year. Or if they were, it was it like was at the in, end of the, sum, yeah, the spring, spring for like enrollment. Okay. During an ad read for Freedom Project Academy, Dace referred to government's public... Uh, no, it's government schools. You guys had it right the second time. As Satan's Youth Ministry said the organization really perfected online learning and that it is built on classical curriculum with Judeo-Christian values. Let's take back our children's education, Dace said during another segment promoting the online school. No more soul murders and mind rapes, which is what goes on way too much within Satan's Youth Ministry. I guess they're saying that I said that on April 18th and June 6th. But see, this is why it's fake news. I have said this many more times than that. Many more times, actually. Many, many more. Not just, I, I think it's important for this audience to understand that I have not said these important truths on just the days attributed to me. But you need to know what you're paying for here by tuning in and subscribing to The Blaze. You need to know that it is not only when I am paid by an advertising client to say these truths that I say them on these exclusive occasions. I say these things repeatedly, whether I'm getting paid to or not. I, I, I think it's very important for you to know this. Dace has repeatedly called teacher unions, quote, demonic. And again, they, they, they only cite three tweets. February of, of, of 20th of last year. March 9th and and May 4th of this year. Again, I don't want this audience to be disappointed here because you need to know you are getting what you're paying for. I have referred to the teachers unions as demonic way more than just these three times. I don't want you to think I've gone soft. I don't want you to think I've lost the edge here. I, I mean, you guys have probably heard me refer to the teacher unions as demonic at least dozens of times. Correct. Correct. Okay. See, this whole, this whole thing is fake news. It is underestimating me here. It's fake news the other way. It, it meant for this to be an ominous, foreboding polemic. In reality, I'm far worse than what they depict here. In a web column, Day suggested that there are trans terrorists spreading the so-called trans contagion into public schools who should be executed using millstones. 
Time to fire teachers. Time to level charges against rogue attorneys. Time to impeach judges. Time to shame into the Stone Age parents subjecting their precious children to such filth. Make millstones great again, I say, which they reference to a biblical form of execution. And that is quoted from The Blaze on August 31st of 2023. Correct. I do think we need to reference millstones more often in Blaze columns. And now that we are completely breaking away from big tech, I think we can throw in a millstone reference, Todd, to every column we do from this time forward. I'm, I'm on board. Dace frequently attacks LGBTQFU people on his Blaze TV show, describing them as undesirables and their rights as, quote, stinks state-sanctioned debauchery. Also true. Also true. Yes. Dace has compared it, uh, this culture to a cancer, referred to the ro- movement as a rainbow tumor. I don't remember that one, but I hope I said it because that's, man, that's good. <laughs> that is. I don't remember that one, but it sounds like something I've, 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 I hope to have said. So I, that one I can't verify for you, but it sounds like something I aspire to have said at least once. They're claiming um, uh, that I said such things on June 30th, July 21st, and May 31st of this year. And that I uh, that we that that you guys are included in this part too, uh, that uh, uh, fantasized about Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis winning the presidency and holding a rainbow flag burning ceremony on the South Lawn every morning. That'd be awesome. That would be. I again, I don't know that I've said that publicly, but I will now confess to you today. I have fantasized about this. When you turn when you're fifty, you know. Your mind needs to go where it can go to get you going when, when the wife expects company at night. And I have absolutely fantasized about that. Yes. Walters is a big fan of Blaze TV and has both an on and off air relationship with Dace. I need you guys to know this is strictly platonic. It's not in a Lindsey Graham sort of way. Including interviews and quote late night calls and texts helping to break a production strike on Dace's movie. Days, that's all true. In fact, I've said out loud, we would not have made our movie without Ryan Walters. And uh, the strike was illegal. Uh, there was no grounding to form a union against us in a right-to-work state, which is why we actually won our case in front of a Joe Biden National Labor Relations Board magistrate of all people. The, the other case was so weak. Uh, we won on every count except one. The, the judge told us that we had to give back pay to the one member of the crew who, who caused us, who, who decided to strike, who decided after the strike that they were trans now. And so it was almost like the judge said, I've got to, you got to make this arm for me because I can't go home to my brownstone if I let you guys win on every count. So just pay her like the 2,500 bucks or something of back pay and you guys win on every count. So we did. How weak does your case have to be if you're a labor union? And, and you can't win in front of a Joe Biden NLRB magistrate. How weak does your case have to be, do you think? Pretty weak. But we wouldn't have made the movie without Ryan Walters' help. That is true. Days before the runoff election for the GOP nomination for state superintendent in August of 22, Walters appeared on Dace's show to promote his campaign, vowed to take away teachers' licenses if elected, and told Dace that we love you here in Oklahoma and I'm a big fan of the show. 
All good. Dace called Walters, quote, a badass secretary of education, saying that he wanted to give Walters a little positive encouragement and publicity to push him across the finish line so he can keep taking ass and keeping names. <laughs> I, did, I did see that. We got guys. We got Media Matters, not unironically, to quote a saying, taking ass and keeping names. From Mantis. Yes. Oh, poor, I almost, at this point, I almost feel sorry for poor Peyton Armstrong, the Media Matters flack who wrote this. Back when she was going to the all-women's college that she went to and then interning for... <clears throat> oh, she interned in, in Geneva as well. And then she interned for Elizabeth Warren. I'm going places. Taking ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew at that Wellesley College School for College was, for Women degree? It was, it was Smith College. In, Smith, no. In Massachusetts. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Get, her, okay. get it right. All right. Um, <laughs> a week after he was elected superintendent in November of 22, Walters appeared on Dace's show and thanked him for all the help you've given me. After Walters told Dace that he can't, quote, can't thank you enough for all the help you've given me and responding to late night calls and texts that I've given you throughout the last couple of years, Dace, who had introduced Walters as a friend of the show, replied, we'll call it even and don't disappoint us. Walters appeared on Dace's show on May 4th of this year and compared a teacher's union to a terrorist group. I don't remember that. But again, I, I hope that it happened. I hope that it occurred. Dace has claimed to have influence with Walters on policy and messaging. In the November interview with Walters, just after he won his race, Dace remarked that you came to me about campaign messaging and around the issue of school choice. Dace claimed that he provided counsel to Walters to instead make the entire thing a referendum on groomers. Walters agreed and said the voters need to understand that the left thinks that pornography, transgenderism, critical race theory should be injected into your school. Dace interviewed the, ended the interview by saying, we look forward to seeing what you do with this authority and having fun watching them react to it. Here's the thing, though. This thing is making it sound like I am like like Ryan Walters is taking like dictation from me. Most of the texts and messages that I get from Ryan Walters are him sending to me the stuff that he just goes out and does on his own. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would say that's like 90% of the text that, that we discuss with this is he just goes out on his own, man. And takes takes ass and kick, and kicks names on his, on his own <laughs> okay um like i'm a voice from the shadows i'm the i'm the charlie charlie's angel voice on the intercom in ryan walter's office there in oklahoma city and he is nothing but a mere automaton a physical manifestation of my whims desires and impulses Dace has repeatedly credited Walters with helping to end the production strike on his self-described Christo-fascist propaganda movie, Nefarious. I love that one. (laughs) 
and called Walters an unsung hero to how we got this movie made. On the flip side, guys, how much money would you have to be paid? How desperate of a job would you have, how desperate for a job would you have to be to just sit around chronicling daily like what Joy Reid is saying? No. I mean, how much would you have to hate your life for that to be your gig? Right now, if you told me I'd had a chronicle Joy Reid, I'd tell you no and walk off the set. No, I'm not desperate enough to do any of that. Never. I'd, there's any number of jobs I would do before I'd debase myself. But then again, that's not my religion, and this is theirs. So there you have it. The rest of this is now about Ryan and all the great stuff he's done in Oklahoma. I mean, really, what they did is they compiled for him for his reelect, you know, an index of all of his accomplishments as superintendent of... Uh, of Oklahoma schools. All right. And this thing goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Okay. So they're actually doing real journalism here. Unlike last time where we talked about just being a stenographer. Yes. For uh, Hamas. They're being our These guys are nailing it. Yes. (laughs) They're our stenographers. (laughs) I, I guys, uh, this will be, if, if we last this long as a show or a nation, I'm I'm inserting this into my contract negotiation in two years with the Blaze when that comes up again. I mean, this is, or if I'm a free agent, you know, I mean, I'm. This is going to be in in my bio. <laughs> this is this is the greatest publicity piece of my entire career. I mean, I've been featured by the New York Times, um, Fox News. This is the most glowing review of of the work I have done. In my career, I, I, I am, I am truly beyond flattered at this. I mean, this is. I, I'm going to go Sally Field here. You like me, you really like me. Aaron, can you cue a little Bet Midler uh, "Wind Beneath My Wings"? Yes, for sure. The, yeah. For the next time we read this story. All right, so gentlemen, your thoughts. Um, well, I know. What really pleases you the most is that, you know, the the amount of time it took whoever works there. Like, I don't, again, I don't know, like, what level of structure there is there at Media Matters, but the number of people involved in this, the amount of man hours it took to do it. I know. I, I know all, devoted all devoted to little old me. Yeah, yes. I know. That just makes you so, so happy. It does. I mean, do you guys understand the ego boost this is? Yeah. This level of obsession. Yeah. And and you guys know the way that I love negative reinforcement, that it came from the haters. Yeah. Like, when if I got this level of obsession from someone who, like, really loved us, it'd make me uncomfortable. Okay? Like, I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like William Shatner in that classic yeah. SNL skit, you know? Get a life, touch grass, get a girlfriend, basically. Yes. Okay? The fact that this level of stenography and obsession comes from a hater... I mean, next to your your adult kids telling it, telling you, Dad, you were right. Because this is about this is about as good as it gets. Because they're not, they're media matters. They, they're this, even normies, whoever they are, aren't reading this. They, this is their this is their bat signal to their people, telling them who to hate. Yes. Why why wouldn't you just be like that's, I won my Oscar today? Yes. That's the this is this is yes. the branding it, I've been going me. for. It me. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> I did it, Aaron. We did it. Yes. Um, I like it. 
I love it. I want some more of it. This is one of the most, I mean, I laughed out loud when I saw that headline. I'm like, yes, thank you. I mean, this is, yes, as much as it is about, um, you know, Todd, Todd saying this is their bat signal to show who to hate. We're also permeating, permeating that bubble over there with the fact that, yes, this is what we really believe, that government school is Satan's youth ministry. Now, that's anathema to them. Or, as we continue to be incredibly more secularized, that's supposed to be the dirty little secret mm -hmm. for them. But it's basically marking, laying down markers and saying, this is where the lines are drawn. Because for the longest time, my entire life, I kind of referenced the frog in the boiling pot. That's what they, that's what the other side, that's what the enemy wants to do. That's what they want to do on, on all fronts. Yes. Whether that's the schools as the headline depicts there, whether that's medical uh, sanity or insanity, whether that's any level, any level of um, interaction we have societally, societally with each other, what they're doing systematically and systemically to every institution, they wanted to keep that on the down low so that one day, though, we'd wake up and say, hey, we're boiled. There's nowhere else to go. Essentially, this article, this, this piece, is saying, uh, crap. They know what time it is. Yeah. So we got we to gotta respond in kind here. So I think it's one of the, one of the best endorsements this show has ever received. Uh, like I said, I like it, love it, want some more of it. And uh, well done. Well yeah. done. One thing really quickly. I've long said that people on our, our side have tried to keep you at arm's length for mm -hmm. a while, keep you quiet, <laughs> keep you in your place, mm -hmm. let him out, but not too much. Yet this side screams, look at this guy, look at this guy. In both cases, it's for the same reason. Both yep. know you're dangerous. Indeed. You know, everyone deals with chronic pain from time to time. It's one of the few guarantees that we have in life, especially as we get older. You can lose weight, even keep getting in better shape as you get older, but those joints don't get younger, you know? And so that's usually the source of a lot of the chronic pain we have. That's because we have too much inflammation in those joints. That's where that achiness, the stiffness, the soreness that just lingers and won't go away. That's usually the source of it. What if we told you there's a, a drug-free alternative out there? That has 70% chance of being the solution you're looking for. And it's called Relief Factor. Yes, it's drug-free, so you don't have to worry about anything that, uh, you know, taxes other organs or systems in the body by taking it. And there's about a 70% chance it's going to work for you. Where'd we get that number from? Well, because over the years, about 70% of the people that try the three-week quick start for just 20 bucks see such great results in those first three weeks that they stick around long-term. And so that's where we get that 70% from. 70% chance this will work for you. Just 20 bucks to find out what do you got to lose, except maybe finally that chronic pain. Go to relieffactor.com. That's where you want to go, relieffactor.com. Just 20 bucks, actually a little less than 20 bucks, 1995 for the three-week quick start at relieffactor.com, or you can call 800-the-number-four-relief, 800-the-number-four-relief. Okay. I don't even try. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. 
where we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. I, I don't even try to sample a lot of pop culture these days. I've, I've not, I've not been to a movie in weeks. And this is one of the peak seasons for movies when typically we would go every single week. Um, I haven't been in weeks. The last movie I went and saw, in fact, I haven't been this month. Now that I think about it, the last movie I went and saw was the last week in September. It was the creator. We talked about it at the time. It's, it's essentially propaganda. It's, it's propaganda for the transhumanist agenda openly. That's what it is. So I haven't been to a movie so far in the month of October. Nothing, nothing that's out, nothing, there's nothing out, nothing I'm interested in. I don't watch a lot of TV shows, especially this time of year, because, you know, with the limited free time I have, I'm going to watch as much football stuff as I can, you know? So three random experiences trying to sample pop culture for me, random. There is a, uh, uh, I, I mentioned this last week. I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan. Loved Poe as a kid. My favorite Edgar Allan Poe story is the story of the, of the family that's cursed, basically sold their souls to the devil, the fall of the house of Usher for wealth and riches. And they, you know, suffer a series of deaths as a result of this. And, uh, um, I love the story. Netflix has been spending the last couple of years working on a big budget adaptation of it. The same team that did The Haunting of Hill House, which is very good, uh, that did Midnight Mass, which I think is one of the best TV shows of the last 10 years that I've seen. Same team doing this. I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm a little nervous that they're portraying it in the pleasant, in the present day, right? So I'm a little nervous about what that means, but, you know. Maybe they'll stay loyal to the to the the source material. I I tune in, and I lasted ten minutes in the opening episode because literally everybody except the bad guy is gay. Everybody is. Everybody's gay. It's queer eye. Just, I'm just out. Just I just tapped out, man. I mean, there were so many gay people, so many homos on this show. Lindsey Graham wouldn't have lasted 10 minutes watching it either, if you know what I'm saying, brother. Okay. Think you hear me knocking there, Erzin? And Lindsey Graham is coming in. Okay. I or do. coming out, as the case may be. Peyton at Media Matters will be writing about that here in a few months. Word. <laughs> Word. Oh, Peyton. Were you talking to her or me right there? All Peyton? we ask, Peyton, is that the next feature you write about us, we want it titled... Can that be smoked? <laughs> yes. That's all we care about. The, the next time you write an exhaustive breakdown of our show, we just would like it to be titled, Can That Be Smoked? That's it. That's that's all we care about. Okay. Um, there's a trailer for a new show with Mark Paul Gossler. That's right. Zach from say by the bell and he's like locked in the basement or yeah and it i thought it looked pretty fascinating the wife was anxious to watch it you know and so um i'm like you watch the first couple of episodes you tell me what you think she starts watching the first episode 
Guys, Joy Reid's in the episode. Joy Reid is in the episode. And I, I said, I don't, I, you don't need it. I don't, I'm, I'm good. Don't tell me anymore. I don't care how good the show is. Never watching it. Not in a million years. I'm out. Out. Bef- I don't even remember what it was called. I'm out. Right. Over the weekend, Disney unveils an update of the Goosebump series from the 90s and the early 2000s, which if you go watch the originals, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Looking for something a little, you know, Halloween-y for creepy season that's not like way over the top, right? You know, you figure even its diminished capacity, Disney won't be like, you know, sacrificing to goats or anything. So let's give this a shot. See if that might be kind of scratch that itch for us, you know. Opening episode, five minutes in. One of the guys at the school sees another guy at his locker that he's crushing on. And I just looked at Amy, hit the back button on the remote, I said, I'm out. Just, I'm out. Just out. Okay. Didn't watch anymore. Have no idea if it's any good. I don't care. I have a theory about what's going on here. And it is something we've alluded to before as more of an, maybe more of a prophecy or a fear. Now I, now it is more of a, of a pattern. So in the case of the Goosebumps series, they don't even wait let me let me explain this first. In the in the these are these are the only three shows I've attempted to watch in the last like three months. Just randomly, these random three shows, and I lasted five minutes with all three. You have to understand what that means. If you need, if you want to make it look like your show is set in the real world, you can just create like a separate media entity and do that with that, right? Yeah. Of all the media people on planet Earth, to in to, then you then if you want to make it look like it's in the real world, and and so we're going to have like a real media person. Of of all the people on planet Earth to make your real media person. Of all the gin joints in the world, you walked into this one. You you, you picked Joy Reed. Joy Reed. Like the lowest rated show on MSNBC, the biggest loon, the loony bin of MSNBC has. You picked her. The Disney show. Before you care about the plot, this is all five, this happened five minutes into the show. Before you care about the plot, before you're invested in the show. Like I'm I'm playing Spider-Man 2 with Noah, which is incredible this new game is. It's incredible. They did a Sony did a smart thing. They they waited until you've played the game for several hours before you find out that Black Cat is bisexual and has a girlfriend in Paris, France. By then you're committed to the show. 
you're kind of committed to it, you know? And then plus it's like a fleeting thing. It's almost like Sony's like, we got to do something for our DEI score. So let's get this transient character who's in the game for three minutes and she's bisexual and they'll leave us alone and we get back to the story, okay? In the case of this Disney Goosebump series, they want you to know before you give a damn about the program, any of the characters, the plot, before you're emotionally attached, engaged on any level, they want you to know that one of these kids wants to sodomize one of the other kids in the school hallway. They, they want you to know this before the story really even begins. You have a clue what the hell is going on. They need to, they need to throw that in your face right away. You go watch the beginning of Fall of the House of Usher. There is no need to know that the cop talking to Roderick Rusher or Usher, no need to know that he is, quote, married to his husband. It's not germane to the conversation on any level at all. But they, they want you to know this before you care about the show at all. You have to know it. They desire you to care. What has happened here is pop culture has been ruined because the religion of the spirit of the age has has traded places with Christian media. Like when we made Nefarious, we had Dr. Fisher commit suicide off of that building in the opening scene this right is away. an incredible point you're about right to away make. because we wanted you to know right away this ain't what you're used to watching right away five years ago if they had made jesus revolution no way in tarnation you're gonna watch timothy leary and janice joplin preside over a hippie fest where a crop duster comes by and drops acid from the sky and you watch greg laurie and his future bride drop acid in the movie no pure flicks releasing that movie in 2016 guys no not in a million freaking years is that happening okay They're doing what we used to do wrong. Before you care about the story, before you are, you are invested in the characters, they want you to know this is merely a device to contrive um, shoving our religion down your throat in the most ham-fisted, cringe ways we possibly can. You need to know this up front. We want you to know this. We're, we're the Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on your door on a bright, sunny Saturday. This isn't a story. This isn't a tale. This isn't a tale written by pagans and done by pagans. It's just paganism. And we want you to know this up front. We've switched here. They're the ones now. They're not interested in telling good stories. They're not interested in doing good shows. They're not interested in having interesting characters. They're just here to check boxes now. With very limited exceptions. Like when Tom Cruise is in a project. But he's also like 70 now. So he's from a different generation. For those of you who think I'm too hard on the boomers, I have said repeatedly, I am not confident my generation will do it better. Have I said that? Right. Every time. 
Well, who are the directors now? Who's the screenwriters now? Our, our generation, generation and Aaron's. We're the ones that are making... Our generations are the ones that made these choices. We, they've just given up on telling good stories by and large. This is all proselytizing now. It, that's all that it is well, now. And it's not subtle on any level at all. From the jump, they want you to know we're evangelizing our religion on you here. From the jump. Before you care about the story, before you even know what the story is about, before you're emotionally invested in these characters, from the jump, you need to know this. And we want you to know this. We want to rub your noses in it, and we don't want you to enjoy it. We don't want you to find commonality with our craft at all. You must go through our religious pitch. Gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts on this, but first let me talk about AMAC, the organization that's out there for seniors that don't hate their country, basically. If you're looking for an alternative to AARP, which in the last election gave 95% of its donations to the spirit of the age, if you're looking for alternatives, that alternative is AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. They proudly champion American values like free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment, uh, parents being able to def- uh, protect their children, and more. All right. So uh, they've got more than two million members and the more members they get, the stronger they will grow their strength in those numbers. So join the pro faith, pro family, pro freedom retirement organization. It gives you special access to low rates on everything from cell phone plans to health and wellness products, travel, lodging, vision, dental, even prescription drugs. So join today and send AARP a strong message. Join AMAC right now. AMAC, A-M-A-C. Join today at AMAC.us slash DACE. AMAC.us slash DACE. Thoughts? Well, you know, people, a lot of people on the libertarian strain of the conservative side, and even people just think they're conservatives will say, well, you know, don't watch it uh, if you don't like it. Well, you've seen after what happened in Israel, uh, the history of these children being brought up under Hamas and the stories they've been read. Well, we may go that way, but this is like the public school argument. Don't say you don't like public school. Don't send your kid to public schools. This indoctrination is a promise. Oh, yeah. You think you're going to go there? We're taking all the kids. They are going to be raised in this. They're going to be bathed in this. Yes. We're going to grow them Khrushchev up. pounding his foot at the, the podium. We will bury you. Yes. So my point is, if you think you are a conservative and think all of your ideas are always, I'm going to go take mine and go into my corner, and it's not going to work. At some point, you have to fight. I, I, I go back to my Plato on this, quite frankly. He said, like, the, it's, a, it's a job of a healthy society to monitor and cultivate its pop culture. You just can't let anything go. Mm-hmm. That, that you, you are committing, a, a, Aaron mentioned it yesterday, this is a nation that wants to commit suicide if it does not alter this course. I think the point, I hadn't even considered it before, and maybe to my my detriment but the point that you made that this is becoming christian media or the vast majority of like 99 percent of christian broadcasting (laughs) um essentially what we're watching here with popular culture any new movie any new show the examples that you just listed this is the obligatory newsboy song at the end of the Christian movie where everybody uh, gets saved and nobody's unhappy. 
it's kind of the same level of, of cringe as that. It's not real life. That was a great point. That'll do it for today's show. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. We're going to stick around and do overtime for subscribers. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.